Hey, welcome to this 22nd edition of Clarity Chat podcast. I have with me Dhiren Savla, Group CIO of VFS Global. In today's session, he is going to talk about being a CIO executive board member and the empowerment it brings, success principles of strategic outsourcing, having leveraged it to scale up business multiple times over the years, what to look for in your role to stay on. What should a company do differently to retain high performers and the principles of building an effective team? This is the 22nd episode of Clarity Chat podcast and here comes an exciting discussion with Dhiren. Welcome Dhiren. Did you know that 83% of technology implementations fail to achieve expected business outcomes? Well, managing technology is incredibly complex. IT covers all processes and everything IT does impacts people in some way. The function is only three decades old, but changing at the fastest pace. Technology industry is highly profitable with intense marketing. Tech companies have the vast majority of the tech talent, not you. Clarity Chat purpose is rooted in helping you solve IT challenges for business success, to help you decode the complexity, to help you leverage partners effectively, to help you partner with business more effectively, to help you manage change better, to help you attract talent. You get this clarity via experiences of CIOs and business leaders shared informally and candidly over a cup of tea. Welcome to the Clarity Chat podcast. Hiren, before we start talking about your journey, here's a quick fire icebreaker question to energize everyone. Hiren, please share that interesting karmic connection between industry stalwart Satish Pense, Arun Gupta and yourself. What is it? Thanks, Jagdish, for having me here. You know, my first corporate job was with GE Shipping, wherein Arun Gupta, who's a dear friend, hired me for the first time. Interestingly, Satish Pense was part of the company before Arun joined. So working in GE Shipping, Arun left and joined Merrill Lynch, where I joined once again. After some time, Arun left. And at some stage, I joined Keoni, which is a parent of VFS Global, where Satish was CIO. So Satish was part of the group and I joined as a, a head of IT CTO CIO for VFS Global. Then Satish left and within a year's time, I took over from him. So we all three of us have many common companies to work with. So there's some karmic connection for sure, which brought all of us together. Uh, that, that's an interesting one. Like, you know, one is paving the way for another, uh, for the next one. And that has happened consistently across three companies. So there's definitely a karmic connection out there. That's really interesting, Dhiren Bhai. So, so Dhiren, as we explained in the beginning, managing IT is fairly complex due to the complex dynamic. You know, IT needs to know every function. Uh, the partners have more expertise than you. There's very high decibel market and sales. The industry itself is nascent and not having enough formal management knowledge, etc. Therefore, uh, you know, the premise of Clarity Chat is that managing IT is an art which can be learned from artists. In our audience, we have CXOs, founders, IT managers and technology folks all keen to learn this art from experienced leaders like us. So today you're going to walk us through your canvas of driving value from IT and uh, welcome again uh, here. Now in the first part, we'll try to look through the lens of your journey. Please tell us about your early aspirations and an incident which killed the dreams of an alternate career. I always had fascination to become a doctor. I still love that revolving chair where doctor was sitting and putting stethoscope on your heart. So from my childhood, I always wanted to become a doctor. When I, cha- uh, when I joined the college and I went, I went to the bio laboratory 
to do the dissection of the frog. On that table, my dreams died. Being a vegetarian and cutting a frog was a little too difficult for me. And if you are a top-ranked student, if you are not a doctor, you have to become an engineer. Okay. And this is a typical, uh, typically pre-internet era where we did not really have access to information. So naturally, I had to kill my dream of becoming a doctor and look for the career in the uh, computer science and the engineering field. Okay, so um, and I think then you started business like a typical Gujarati. Yeah, so tell us about that. Though I was engineer, I was also Gujarati. So I always wanted to do something on my own. I wanted to own my destiny. So three of my friends came together when and we started a business which was initially successful. We started making uh, money, but in some time we started losing money more than what we made. The biggest issue was we are not really experienced. We had not seen the world. We are young boys who wanted to do something, but we are not having any clarity about how to do the business and not knowing nuances of running the what you call PNL. So after some time, I had to shut the business. And another thing was uh, we had different aspirations. Today, all of us are well settled in our IT field. But it was a good experience, you know. At least it taught me what not to do in life. Yeah, that, tell us a couple of things that you learned, which I, which you avoided afterwards. So one thing was not to overstretch yourself, you know. In case you don't try to expand beyond your means, okay. There was a stage in the business where we expanded beyond our means, and then we didn't know how to handle it. That was a one good learning. And second good learning was to really have a common goal. In case we are partners or we are the uh, what do you call the team members who are working towards different different goals. We can never achieve any of the goals. So that was a good learning to really have a one clear mission or vision, which is very very important in the corporate world. No, absolutely, absolutely. And then both are you know absolutely important because uh, the first one I I realized it you know when I became the CIO that you know it was like a situation of ekanar sabimar and and we actually tended to stretch and uh, you know we would make everyone unhappy. You know I had to actually set up a process of prioritization where you know whatever aspirations people had there had to be a certain you know business value associated a prioritization based on that and then looking at our own resources and partner resources and then you know matching the two to uh, you know say that okay what is feasible what is desirable what is doable but you know combine the two and what is feasible and what should what should be very important lesson i think the second one is like you know which we will again cover in detail later is about aligning your partners and every all stakeholders in towards a common vision otherwise people will run in different directions so then by tell us about your next stint uh, which was with the hello institute RBI After burning my fingers I decided to look for the first job and uh, it was very interesting I joined uh, IBPS it was a division of uh, Reserve Bank of India plus other banks they were in the examination processing for various banks public sector units uh, universities IIMs and all and uh, in those days in 90s there was a data processing unit running 24 by 7 operation uh, which was typically not very common so i took up this job uh, in uh, 1992 and uh, with a clear mandate of uh, opening new technology you know we they had got uh, hp 9000 servers unix based platform and they wanted to really transform their it systems because they were getting more and more volume that time uh, besides me a couple of other colleagues also joined but their aspirations were very different they really wanted to really go to USA I didn't want to so I consciously took more and more under my umbrella to really come out as a, a leader and this was kind of a stretch what I chose to opt for and um, I used to work for about 12 hours a day second thing very very important was you know it's not always easy you know to really align with the existing team I had to show them a big picture or as as they say I had to show them the temple what they are going to build so the current team was also willing to do something more and 
and they were part of my transformation program and believe me in uh, my stint with this company i got promoted every year which is very very exceptional in a setup like that yep. and at the yep. age of 26 27 i was heading a department with about 16 17 people reporting to me it was fun time in a way i was falling in love with that job because i was successful i was powerful i was important but i had to really look out for better things because that was not the end of my journey so a lot of learning from uh, one of the favorite jobs of my entire career even today and you know your 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 first job is always special you know because that's also the most formative part right. you know some right. of the things that i pick up uh, from here dhiran bhai is like you know you worked hard uh, you actually went against the flow everybody wanted to go to us but you're like no i want to i want to do what's there and and you're just keeping on taking up more responsibility we have seen this pattern in like you know many of our clarity chat speakers that they are here because they they took ownership and they were they were the first to raise hand you know when a new responsibility came up and uh, so it was not that and the, the the insight i get from that is it's not that you first get power and that allows you to do things but it's like you first take responsibility and then power comes that power comes now another thing you know uh, this there's another thing i realize is that you know this this whole everyone wants to get into the you know the banking P, pos and all provisionary officers and all exams and there's a whole big you know set of applicants i think lacks of them around there and now yes. we know which is that setup that powers the whole engine of like you know collecting processing all those applications and you know doing those exams and all of that so that's ibps okay yes. so dhiran uh, bhai let's move on so you know tell us about your uh, next set of stints up to uh, vfs okay so and and and, and one learning from each one of them Yeah, yeah. Learnings are very, very interesting and very, very diverse. Okay, so uh, I did join the shipping after that, where Anur Gupta was already there. I was hired as a head of IT for the real estate business. They were getting diversified in the construction and the commercial as well as residential real estate. Uh, one achievement was to really develop a ERP for the real estate business, which is productized right now and. is hugely successful in the market but for me learning was if you are not learning anything in your job you should look out for the job okay so you know maybe you know if i know very recall keeping lights on is the only thing which you have to do please look out for the job that was my learning in that particular uh, assignment from where, from there i joined merrill lynch uh, a great place to work mnc systems and processes in place and this was a time when y2k was coming and even dot com boom was about to start only thing which was not uh, in line with my desire or my plans was really you get little what you call uh, you get constrained by the typical regional and the global setup you need to really go by what directives you get from the global or the regional headquarters so learning was to really break free from the comfort zone you know because the job is good you are wearing dark suits and driving a good car and getting a good salary but that's comfort zone and uh, you don't do enough to really create difference for the company that was a time when i left the company to join a lesser known sski which is now sharekhan.com interesting part was when i was leaving the company every single person from the company or otherwise were questioning my decision of living well established brand like merrill and join a, a new company or indian company good part was they had huge plans dreams to create something new they had had new cxo group which was going to build something new and in my mind it was one of the intense job and uh, i did lot of learning in a short stint what i had there learning from this particular assignment was to not to limit your imagination and think of all possibilities which are not even around you right now so that was a fantastic learning from there i joined a, maybe one thing which i, I 
also got a .com bug and I wanted to do something big. Those are the days when we all were carrying two, three of us in the pocket and uh, I joined one of the competition of uh, SSKI Sher Khan PL, which is Prabhudas Lilaza. They wanted to really replicate uh, what you call the online platform. They wanted to really set big plans. My mandate was to really build online platform and also create the company with the help of the management promoters. So typically, I joined the company as a, one of the highest paid executive with uh, not uh, not just focusing on technology, but also participating actively in the media planning, branding, working on the human resources strategy, product development, everything else. Unfortunately, stock market crashed during those times. That was the year when we had a terrible fall in the market and uh, plans got uh, deferred, shelved. So learning from that uh, job was to really remain prepared for unknown. Okay, so because everything you plan and there's different plan which is uh, already written in your destiny. From yeah, there, absolutely. I left. From there, and I left and joined uh, ILFS, the retail company ILFS Investmart. They were established player in the online trading, offline trading. They were distributor for insurance and many other products. The mandate to me was to really uh, migrate from their in-house uh, IT company to the internal IT. It was more like a reverse migration and do the insourcing. It sounds simple, but it was not that easy because uh, we had to really go through the trouble of transitioning out. And that was a time uh, I had to really do a lot of balancing act. It was a good taste of my what we call management skills because uh, it was not technology. It was something beyond. And I would say learning from uh, this experience was more about diplomacy and uh, planning, which can solve some of the most difficult problems in life. After that, I joined VFS. We'll talk about that separately. But uh, in between, I had a stint with Crystal and SNP, wherein I was heading IT for the region and also managing IT for the KPO business worldwide. Short stint there, uh, I came back to the VFS group uh, soon after that. And the learning was very, very different. I would, In case I have to summarize, you are valued as much as value you create for the company. For the usually successful business like that, IT can bring very small delta or incremental benefit. So IT doesn't become core. So that was the thing which I don't like. And so I had to come back. I decided to come back to the place where IT becomes core to the business. Oh, this is this is very interesting, uh, Dhiran Bhai. Uh, so, you know, like I have had a little bit similar experiences when you talked about ILFS Invest Smart, you know. So we also had, a, when I took over as CIO of uh, Tata Motors, we also had our sister company, IT company. And uh, there was an over-dependence, uh, you know, which was there. So in my strategy, I actually created that balance and that balance didn't really go well with everybody, you know. So we kind of decided what will we outsource, what we will not outsource. And therefore, there was a bit of, uh, you know, again, bringing those roles inside and that didn't really uh, go very well. So I, I can completely connect with like, you know, learning yes. diplomacy. <laughs> so yeah, that, that's a big plus, you know, for, for this kind of a role. It's, a, it's, was, it's, yeah. it's not far beyond technology. It's a balancing act. It's a balancing act. Yeah, that's right. And you know, they are important to business. So you can't... <laughs> You can't take any drastic actions. So, so by you know, when we go through this, like, you know, in a short stint of time, like between, I think, mid 90s and uh, and uh, mid 2000, you know, doing so many roles, you know, this is what we discussed. Your name means patience. Dhiren is patient. But you have been so undhiren or impatient with like, you know, all these roles, but not with, you know, VFS. And it's almost been a stint of 16 years by now. So can you tell us, now, first part I want to cover is what has been different, you know, what is that something that has stopped you there, which was not there in your earlier assignment. Now here I want everyone to hear very carefully that what 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 can you do to retain you know high energy go getter impatient people like Dhiren. You are right. My name is Dhiren, but uh, possibly my parents misjudge me. <laughs> they would not have given this name to me. 
if you ask me content is the king okay uh, very frankly you can get good salary good designation but in case there is no good job content cannot enjoy you cannot really it cannot satisfy needs of the individual like me so if you ask me in the in my current stint how um, played different different roles over last 16 years and uh, it was right from heading it for vfs in uh, india 14 centers in 2004 to 3500 plus centers worldwide across about 143 countries I also in my stint out here I also had uh, regional IT for the travel business I had a stint with the group I was group CIO for Kioni group worldwide I was part of the divestment process MNA activities and uh, also over years I was in their plan for the preparing ourselves for the digital so this has really kept us uh, kept me busy every day is pretty interesting you learn a lot and second thing which really makes me pretty affects uh, me very excited about uh, working out here is uh, empowerment very frankly if you are not empowered and you really get uh, constrained by a lot of uh, controls and uh, then you possibly cannot deliver the actual thing we strongly believe you get a chance you should prove yourself if you prove yourself everything is fine but in case you don't prove that's your fate also yeah. the typical company culture is very entrepreneurial so just to really support that entrepreneurial uh, spirit or the culture only way to do that is to really empower people at different different levels and uh, that is really work well for me and for my team and i would say i can vouch for that that uh, it has really brought a lot of uh, difference to the business uh, by creating new products new services and also enabling the growth uh, without any hiccups so that has really kept me exciting as people say in bollywood you know even if you get the superstar but in case content is not good movie won't work so content is the king yeah absolutely absolutely no so i think you know for everyone out there watching this uh, especially if you are in senior decision maker roles if you are able to influence culture if you are able to if you are if you are if you are let's say a hiring manager i think the first thing is to create a good job you know something which has got good content now that won't get delivered unless you empower people so you have to leave them free you have to trust them leave them free you know let let their entrepreneurship spirit uh, bring out come out and you know yeah build a good culture you know which keep, which feels people which gives people a happiness you know when they come to office when they interact with colleagues and all that you know we have i think we have seen toxic cultures everywhere you know not enough trust and all of that so you know when you land up in a place like this it feels home so thanks uh, dhiren bhai but you know there's a follow up question here which is that you have left some really uh, good kushi brands you know like whether it is you know merrill lynch or even uh, pl yeah, even ilfs even ilfs you know right in the beginning ibps right so that was a rbi company a government company so i mean uh, you didn't you didn't you didn't feel any discomfort that like you know you're so what was the what was going in your mind at that time was it again so, like the same things like content and all that or it was like what was it so you know jagdish you know my risk appetite is pretty high but i don't do what you call i don't take any uncalculated risk i do take risk which are very well informed and calculated while making a switch i always assess the potential i do the inner what you call inquiry or study about the company management style how it operates and what is the scope based on that uh, i have taken plunge to into the not so known jobs from the well established job and generally i get little bored by the uh, very stable and cozy jobs you know where you don't have much to do it's all about keeping lights on or really drawing a fat salary but not really creating any value for other company so i strongly believe in the idea of the company and more than that i believe in myself 
So it's a kind of a maybe I'm I have been a little lucky there that you know my attempts to take the risk has paid off. But uh, very frankly, before plunging into something new, I do adequate uh, research that uh, whether it's a dot com or outsourcing or whatever, I possibly assess it well in advance before I sign on a dotted line. No, absolutely. Uh, so I think I think some good learnings from there. You know, one is you know you have to have some risk appetite there. It doesn't really pay off to be in a comfort zone. The growth is you know where the discomfort is or where the risks are. But then you need to cover those risks. You know by collecting data analysis, talking to people, and all of that, right? And 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 you know it's it's your career, so the brands don't matter. What what value addition you're doing to a career matters more. Yeah. So banner, you know. You need to have escape velocity to come out of the comfort zone. Okay, and normally people don't have that. So no, no, absolutely, absolutely. And you know, like I was, I was connecting with your Marilyn experience. So when I had gone and joined GE, I had a similar experience where there wasn't like you know more, most of the power in, and budgets were with the center. And you know, though we had the ideas and everything here, there was always that discomfort that you know, like I got to like you know convince a lot of people. And you're not there in the headquarter. So agree. So you know, everything was good. You're right. Like you know, I was driving. A Mercedes and a good job and everything, but you know I was not happy because of the kind of transformation that I had done in Tata Motors and then going there and and nothing wrong with the company as such. It's just the role, you know. The role doesn't have that kind of you know what do you call it, content. So Sheshu has a question. He says I felt there's a mix of technology management and spirituality. Can you please tell us how you kept low attrition rates, uh, which is the issue of the industry? So I don't know whether it's two questions or one question, but I think somewhere they are mixed. Didn't you want to address that? Yeah. See, very frankly, you are as successful as your. You know, I mean, your success depends on the team fully. Okay. In case you don't have a good team, you, you as individual, cannot do anything. So some of the top principles which I followed was empower the team. Okay. Let them own the success and failure, whether it's decision making or execution. It should be done collectively. It's not about the CIO or the boss deciding something. And uh, in case success is there, he'll get the brownie points. In case failure is that, you'll get blamed for that. Second thing, which is very very important, is to invest in people and build a trusted relationship. You gave them the larger responsibility. That's the only way to grow. In case they take up larger responsibility and grow horizontally, then they'll move up. And the third very important thing, which is important for the success or the building of the team, is to really identify stars, invest in them, help them, help them in reskilling, upskilling them, so that we take interest in building the future CIOs or the future IT leaders. And I can proudly say, quite a few of them are my team members are heading IT for various companies right now. Most important thing for CIO is to never felt threatened by the team members. I have seen some CIOs they don't really allow people to grow in case, uh, because they get little nervous or threatened in case they individually really perform better and he'll take over my position. But in case you don't allow him to take your position, uh, how will you take the larger role in future? So that's the only way to ensure that uh, you are able to retain right talent, invest in people. Get connected with them, ensure that they grow horizontally as well as vertically, so that they remain attached to you. No, absolutely, absolutely. Yes, I think I think the underlying thing you actually said it is like you know trust trust them. You know? so all of this what you said you know you can only do if you trust the team and that allows you to expand their roles. That gives that allows you to give them more responsibility, more empowerment, and you know you're not threatened if you trust them. Then you're not threatened by them taking your role. Yeah. So now we have Amit here. Hi Amit. We have Pawan Roy. Pawan is again a regular. Thanks, Pawan, for joining again. Now, 
there's another question here, which is, I don't know, this shows LinkedIn user. So how do you identify and retain high performers given the job market post-COVID? So this is a post-COVID specific question. There's a lot of attrition and what were your learnings to solve the question? So as I mentioned that uh, if you start investing in people, you can retain people. Okay. It's not a simple formula that uh, uh, people will stay back with you forever. But uh, in my last 30 years of experience, I know people will work with me in three jobs, four jobs also. And uh, they have grown over years. So it's very important to identify stars, start investing little more than what you are doing before and allow them to take up a larger responsibility, which helps them in growing vertically too. That's the only way to really retain high performing people because they also have their aspiration. They also want to become names in the industry. If you don't uh, allow them to grow suitably, it's very difficult to uh, retain them. Second part, post-COVID thing, you know, typically the entry-level people, entry-level colleagues uh, are going through a typical dot-com kind of situation right now, having multiple offers in the hand. So one thing uh, which can help us in retaining them is to really show them the career path, which is uh, not just technical, it's also managerial because finally all of us aim to really grow up, help them in uh, their rescaling exercise, rescaling exercise, allow them to take up new certification, training programs, sponsor them, and also make use of their learning for your own benefit, for the company's benefit. What did you learn from the mistakes of others? What are the success principles you have learned and leveraged to scale up your business? I mean, I believe you've gone from 342 to 3,400 or 360 to 3,400 offices in nine years. And so tell us about, you know, the companies, take us through your company's growth and the role of strategic outsourcing and, and what has helped you make it successful where it has not been so successful with many others. Hey, I am your podcast host, Jagdish Belwal. I had a rich career as CIO at Tata Motors and GE. Now, as an advisor, I help organizations transform with technology. Technology is necessary for digital transformation, but not sufficient. So I help organizations with the rest of it. Leadership, strategy, culture, change management, etc. You can connect with me on LinkedIn and Twitter. For now, keep listening and don't forget to subscribe the podcast and do connect with me on LinkedIn. Thanks, Agdish. Uh, so in my mind, insourcing or outsourcing is not the solution, is right sourcing. Okay, so in case you right source your technology, it'll be successful and effective. Uh, while we decided to look at the partner to do the strategic outsourcing for technology piece, we always retain core within. The core activities were never ever outsourced and we will never ever outsource. For the execution purpose, you can always have a partner who can actually deliver, who can really bring the elasticity for the growth, which is not really feasible with the internal IT team. Some of the top principles what we followed for the SO was to really have a more of a partner kind of relationship with the outsourcing partner, not to really have a vendor and a, a you know a plant relationship. In case you do that, then finally it becomes a typical hire for work. You know, it's something like that. That doesn't really solve the problem. Second thing, which is very, very important to make it successful is to really have an outcome-based arrangement wherein partner is also having skin in the game. So you, you both of us, a partner, a, what you call our outsourcing partner, as well as you as an enterprise, you end up having common goals. Your success is partner's success. Your failure is partner's failure. So in case skin in the game is well-built in your arrangement with a partner, very unlikely this will fail. 
on delivery front is very very important to really have a business SLAs is important to really make remain keep the business available and not to keep server up okay because normally we all have the IT SLAs where we talk about 99.9% of server of time but we never ever talk about the uh, business being available in case you take care of uh, all this and you have a proper governance at different level outsourcing can work it has worked for us and I am sure uh, with little extra effort it can work for most of the enterprises yes we did learn from the industry because there were some cases of success and there were many many cases of failure so we did a lot of uh, learning from the outside in kind of view and uh, while contracting or while managing the contract with the partner we took care of uh, all those learnings and uh, we did not really fall for those uh, mistakes so uh, just just a follow up there uh, Dhiran Bhai see when when it's not working when you have an outcome based you know sometimes we try to do a chit chit bhi meri pad bhi meri you know so if the business is not doing well I'll cut your cost but if my business like you know explodes then I won't share the benefits with you what do you say to that I won't do that that's not my philosophy I would say it should be win-win for both the partners so in case we have common goals goals that uh, if we succeed even partner will feel su- successful then you know this will really work so while we do the outsourcing we also believe that you know there's some niche areas wherein we can do the kind of uh, insourcing create a center of excellence within to remain try working on that once it matures look at outsourcing so it's a kind of a balancing act which helps in uh, creating uh, effective IT delivery and also it supports the growth which is not really feasible by keeping on hiring people okay no so my uh, my my next question was about like you know the trend towards insourcing I think you sort of answered it that you know you yeah, basically so- any any new emerging areas you first uh, like you know develop internal COE and once the line of service matures you then try to outsource right yeah because you know when the scale is small uh, you incubate that technology or that service internally where you have to be agile you have to be experimental and uh, once uh, things mature you have a amount of workload which is getting consumed for that particular technology then look at outsourcing so mantra is right sourcing you know it should be a combination of uh, in and out yeah absolutely absolutely by the way my next question was going to be about how to build a good team but I think that is a question that you already answered you know in response to Seshu I always give preference to the audience question so then let's move on to the next one you know and again here I want you to like take us through some examples like how you have done that so you always talk about IT being an enabler differentiator and you know the contribution towards the product and market if you use it effectively the, the keyword being effectively so so a couple of things so one is like you know tell us some examples second is again some examples of how being on the executive board help you now this is something you know where very specifically this question is to all the senior people the founders and you know CXOs thing out there as to why IT should have a team have a seat on the table and what kind of empowerment it brings if you give a IT on a seat of a seat on the table and uh, yeah wherever you have created a differentiation with IT tell us about it so Jagdish, you know, I think all of us, I think you and I must have started our career when IT function was still getting developed. Okay. Right. So it was the transition from EDP function to the IT function. And uh, that time, typically IT was uh, perceived to be a support function, mainly for maybe for the invoicing or the stock keeping or some data processing or accounting or whatever. 
but that was a typical start of the IT revolution for the country and the world too. And uh, we were fortunate that uh, we were part of this journey uh, along with others. Interestingly, I have worked with the enterprises where IT has been a core to the business and IT has graduated from typical enabler function to a differentiator function. When I say it's a differentiator, if IT works toward creating a product portfolio or service portfolio, which can lead to the, which, which is really having impact in the, uh, on the bottom line of the company, which is by maybe being more competitive, which allows you to really develop some new products, which can lead to the additional revenue. It allows you to access the new market. It reduces the time for launch of a new product that becomes a differentiator because finally, besides you, there are other people also working on something similar and in case you really create the edge for your company company will really get benefited there have been ex- I'll start with the, maybe the IBPS example they were managing maybe a few hundred thousand records every month and by bringing the new technology new platform we could manage maybe a few million records in a short time this becomes uh, this open avenue for taking up new businesses from different right. sectors different sectors so was true for Sherkhan also technology created a different customer experience in those days UI UX or the customer experience was not uh, so popular but by investing right thing we could become a kind of a market leader this becomes uh, very very important for the company that uh, you build something which can uh, give you age over your competition and in my mind in my mind for some of these businesses IT is the business and uh, there are different different products you know when you look at Uber Uber IT is the business and uh, uh, riding service is a product for Airbnb hotels uh, or the room room nights are the product but IT is actual business so if you create something which is differentiating for the enterprise that can really give you a kind of a head start or the lead over the competition oh absolutely absolutely so uh you know like just to share one of my experience here so when we did the crm doing the crm was just the enabler part you know where we were connecting all the dealers and you know make generating data real time but i think the whole what do you call uh, itch was like how to add value to the customer and how to create some differentiation there kind of the this was a very simple one that came to us was how can we use how can we use this whole deployment to improve the parts availability with the, the dealers and it was a very very simple solution it was that you know just give up give the dealers a simple search functionality that around them within the same city uh, yeah. they could actually search other dealers uh, inventory so you know when a dealer when a customer comes to a dealer and the dealer doesn't have that part he would naturally call up other dealers in the city that would take a lot of time so you know instead of it he could just search the everybody is on the same system you search the inventory and it says okay these three dealers have it these two dealers don't have it and then you know so we also created the ui where the dealer's number the spare parts person's number was right in front of that search and you could uh, call up and like you know get that part now this is a very simple one if you ask me i don't know how many thousands of percentage of roi because across the system it you know just takes up your parts availability without with really a very small change you know which is visibility so fully agree you know Jagdish you don't need to really have a large complex multi-million dollar project small thing right. can create difference you know you know dealer as well as the company's productivity and the sale improved significantly with a very small tweaking what you did 
Yeah, absolutely, absolutely, sir. So your second question was about the executive yeah. board part of it, okay? Yeah, yeah. So in my mind, it's a good reflection of the company. Okay, it's all about the maturity of the organization. Once a CIO is part of the leadership team, he also participates in the business strategy, and the business leaders also participate in the IT strategy. So many a time you see that you know IT strategy and business strategy they are not really fully aligned. But this kind of what we call structure will permit complete alignment between the business and the technology strategy that will fast track a lot of uh, decision making also and also fast track future planning this is this process has been highly effective in my mind and also i feel that you know cio is a business leader who knows technology so typically cio should start thinking as a business leader and not a pure technical thing because really business doesn't care about whether you use microsoft or oracle business thinks about how the business is going to grow how the profitability is going to increase in case cio talks that language that really bridges the gap. No, absolutely. I think I think that's a very important lesson in my view for everyone watching this show given uh, by especially the especially the senior executives. Now, you know for IT to really fulfill your vision, strategy and various business demands, they first need to know it, right? And these and they need to be part of those discussions which are happening at the at those levels. So they need to be involved there and uh, I think being on the board gives you that kind of, you know, that two-way flow of information across both from business to IT as well as IT to business allows for raising the level of discussion. So Dhiran Bhai, we are like, you know, just about uh, in nine minutes away, uh, you know, from the hour. So let me, uh, let me spend next four or five minutes in again, taking up some of the audience questions. So, and let's try to uh, do a rapid fire here, uh, Dhiran Bhai, if you don't mind. Okay? Sure, sure, please. Here is Amrinder asking, what are the real threats to CIO's role, if any? So tell me uh, one or two. CIO's role will get threatened if CIO does not change with time. If you really look at the evolution of this role has been hugely different from what was happening 15 years back, 10 years back, 5 years back. So in case CIO continues to reinvent himself or herself, okay, there's no threat to the CIO's role. Okay, that's great. So next next rapid fire from the audience. How do you navigate crazy immigration policy changes and integrate in your business as a visa processing company? I don't know whether you want to answer that, but I'll leave it to you. Uh, we skip this. Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. Fair enough. Yeah, then uh, we have another question from Senthil. Uh, as a senior manager and by the way uh, i don't know who asked that question but i think you know these are these questions are related to government policies and various other things so it's better not to talk about and now Senthil, as a senior management how do you bring about entrepreneurial spirit at every level of your teams uh, what is your checkpoint whether everyone is part of the ship inclusive in moving forward uh, sometimes members do not connect with business Okay, so one thing, one basic we call uh, messaging or the mantra what we follow is uh, we entire team really interact with business regularly. IT function within my company right now is front front office kind of thing. It's not a back office. So they deal with the uh, business regularly. Number one. Number two, how do you bring the entrepreneur spirit within at every level? One thing is to allow them to try out new things, allow them to fail also once in a while. You don't get really penalized for the small failures. That's the only way people will take risk and try and do something new. You know, you may fail two times, but third time you will really create something which is which will really outperform or outshine all the failures what you had. 
So allow them to fail, share the learnings from the failures. And uh, if you do that, you know, half of the battle is won. Also, I always encourage my team members to think like an entrepreneur or the, in case you're owning a company, how would you deal with that? Okay, you are not an IT service provider or you are not an IT manager. Think like an entrepreneur as if it's your own, own company. Then your thinking process will really change. So the checkpoint is simple. Let them speak what business would speak. Let them really think about the plans or proposition the way business would think. Who are PNL responsible? Well, I, I think I think I think you really nailed it. You know, if you really want to build entrepreneurial spirit in your team, allow them to fail. Have a high tolerance for failures, and that gives people a safe space to experiment. And entrepreneurship is all about like you know experimentation, trying out new things, and then maybe you try ten things, even if two of them work, you got your ROI. Totally agree. You know, you will fail only if you try. Uh, if you don't try, you will not succeed. Also, absolutely, absolutely. So, uh, Dhiran, by another question, this is from Pawan, which is CIO should do macro manage micro management or macro management or mix approach. What is pros and cons? What's your way of working and your? So, let me, I think, reframe the question. Where do you do micro management? Where do you do macro? As I mentioned, I believe in uh, inclusive leadership. So I don't, uh, I would allow my team to work in the right way and I'll have my own checkpoints. I don't believe in micromanagement because if you micromanage, then you know, you are not doing justice to the job what you have got. You know, you are your chair which you are occupying right now. You have a different thing to do. However, many a times in case something is going wrong, you need to step in to correct and move out. That's a job what you should do. In case multiple team members are not getting aligned and not uh, reaching to a conclusion, you are the boss. You use your veto appropriately to nudge them, correct them and put things right in the order. Yeah, so that was actually going to be my next question. So you answered it, you know, which is like your leadership philosophy. So tell us quickly about it, being an inclusive leader with a veto pop so this what I believe, you know, uh, that, you know, if you try to be a, see, there's a difference between the manager and the leader. So in case you want to be a leader, you should always allow team or the other colleagues to participate in your decision-making process. If you do that, they'll own the success as well as the failure. When you don't uh, allow them to really participate and you take a decision in isolation, it's your success or failure. So it's not team success or failure. Yes, at times you need to really intervene and uh, you retain the veto when uh, there is no agreement which is uh, you know established between multiple team members. That time you use it, use it nicely, politely as uh, one among them and uh, get the work done. So uh, this reminds me of a famous statement from, okay, commentator, uh, cricket commentator, I'm forgetting his name. So I was in a conference where he said that, no, the the agreement may not be 100%, but the commitment has to be. And the only way to bring a 100% commitment without a full agreement is actually to, you know, discuss everything threadbare and then you take a decision, but because everyone has participated in the discussion and their views have been taken into account there will be a bigger commitment to the to the decision even if everybody doesn't fully agree yeah yeah i fully agree you know in case there are some team members who have a diverse view you have to be persuasive you have to give them the reasoning so then after some time they start thinking the way you would like them to think okay so that helps okay finally once they also talk the same language that is their decision and not yeah. And uh, so, Dhirinba, uh, I'll take a liberty to, because we have so many audience questions, I'll take the liberty to go a little bit over time. I hope it's okay with you. So be fine. And, uh, you know, I'm taking the liberty to all the audiences who are hearing out there. I'm taking your questions, so I'm just extending a little bit. So, uh, sir, this is a question maybe I want to answer.
सर आलोक यादव आई सर हाउ मच ऑफ अ कन्वेंशनल शॉप फ्लोर पर्सन टू गेट इन टू आई टी डोमेन एंड दिस इज द मैक्सिमम एक्शन एरिया आलोक इफ यू आर अ शॉप फ्लोर पर्सन यू नो एंड आई अंडरस्टैंड यू वॉन्ट टू गेट इन टू आई टी डोमेन बिकॉज इट्स एक्शन एरिया आई वॉन्ट से यू डू दैट वी स्टिल नीड पीपल ऑन द शॉप फ्लोर आई थिंक यू शुड बी यू शुड ट्राई टू बिकम अ मैनेजर और यू नो शॉप फ्लोर पर्सन हु लिवरेजेस द टेक्नोलॉजी टू द मैक्सिमम एंड योर पॉइंट ऑफ डिफ्रेंशिएटिंग योर सेल्फ शुड बी यू नो टू बिकम अ बिगर टेक्नोलॉजी अडॉप्टर देन योर अदर पीयर्स वी नीड अ लॉट ऑफ यू नो दोज पीपल ऑन द शॉप फ्लोर हु रेस्पेक्ट टेक्नोलॉजी एंड हु यूज टेक्नोलॉजी फॉर डिसीजन मेकिंग एंड हु आर लाइक यू नो द प्रोमोटर्स ऑफ टेक्नोलॉजी ऑन द शॉप सो लेट्स मूव ऑन टू सम मोर क्वेश्चन interesting job and why okay i would say vfs share khan and ibps in that particular order why sheer learning and creating difference for the company absolutely so that's the important part creating a difference for the company so what is the what is your favorite sport you played as a child it is a bad question uh, i'm not typically in sports so my sports started starts and ends with uh, chess <laughs> that was a deliberate question i got to know that you've never been a sports person no, not, not typical no <laughs> physical sports <laughs> okay uh, that's interesting so when you completed your engineering everyone was taking a ship right to the us for the internet boom and y2k why did you not go so it was a personal choice i had uh, decided well in advance said i would not like to leave the country i'll travel but never settle abroad because india is a land of opportunity word our sources it to india why to go out and after spending 25 30 years become a senior project manager why no i would like to really define technology for the company and execute it no, absolutely I, i think this is i picked up this question because this is exactly what happened to me also i while everybody from my class was going out there i somewhere decided i did waver a little bit but you know i had my you know friend philosopher guide who's who's actually in san francisco area <laughs> and 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 he had gone there and i would every time ask him that hey arun you know uh, i also want to come i was like no jagdish you are made for bigger things don't come here and do programming you yes. will be bored yes. so uh, yeah no i mean nothing to demean uh, that but it's just that what you are what you are made up for and whether you realize this early on what you are built up for right and yeah so the last question is what has been your lowest point and how you uh, overcame it so uh, like every other person i had some low points in life but uh, one thing i was very very sure about was not to give up remain optimistic always maybe there is a temporary impact on uh, your morals for some time but keep doing what is right and time will solve the problem so that is really work well for me and uh, do everything with your conviction and courage okay if you do that nothing can stop you so the philosophy is this too shall pass always okay i missed one question one of the rapid fires uh, who has been your biggest influencer in life i can safely say my mom she was my she was anchor for my life and the career and uh, from the known people i would say two influencer one is uh, i would say mahatma gandhi without any weapons he could win the battle and second was steve jobs he was like a phoenix never said i you'll come back come back with a big bang 
No, absolutely. No, that's great. That's great. So, Dhiran Bhai, I have been like, you know, asking you questions all this while. So, let's try to change the equation. Before uh, before we say bye to everyone, you get a chance to get even with me. Uh, you can ask me one question. Okay. So, Jagdish, in your mind, what is the forecast for the CIO's role uh, in the industry? So, Dhiran Bhai, as I see, you know, CIOs are coming to the center of the business. And it is, I think, primarily because uh, the business, the leaders are realizing the value of IT and I think some of it has been a realization due to the pandemic. Now, now there's a there's an opening out there for the CIOs, you know, where the CEOs, CXOs, they all realize the value. But I think as CIOs, you know, we need to now stretch and take this window of opportunity to learn more about business, uh, you know, to connect uh, with them. And, and a lot of, you know, what we discuss in the clarity chat here to become a true blue business leader. So it's like there'll be CIOs who will become true business leaders who will know business in and out who would be able to participate in those business strategies in and out which we discussed today and uh, there'll be those who will remain as technology leaders and you know some business leader might uh, become a CD on top of that so Jagdish there's a trick question now if you become a CIO again okay what is one thing which you won't do okay so one thing which I won't do is to not take IT costs as granted taken for granted so now this is one thing again like you know I haven't talked about it much before but I, I, I used to take some of these IT costs as, as granted but now as I come out and I see I see, I saw the rest of the world I realized that you know what we can sometimes take you know this partnership equation too far and not to rattle the partners by not questioning the costs. I think uh, we need to do a lot more benchmarking. We need to look around a lot more in terms of, you know, how to cut our IT costs. And that's one thing I could have done better. And and which is like, you know, I must say that after I uh, left, you know, my successors have done better on that. They have not really cared for all the relationships I built and they have really been able to, you know, share a good amount of us. So, I mean, uh, the larger uh, point there is not to take anything for granted, continuously benchmark, continuously learn from outside, it's a technology world which is changing very fast. Cost elements are changing very fast. Uh, technology elements are changing very fast. We just have to keep current. We can't be sitting tight on our past success. Agreed. So uh, thank you. Thank you uh, so much, Dhiran Bhai. Thanks to all the awesome audience. And, you know, you ask us so many questions that we typically tend to overrun. But that's the engagement which like keeps us going. That's the engagement that keeps us sustaining. So uh, thank you, everyone. And thank you, Dhiran Bhai. Now, everyone, see you next week again on next next Saturday, 5 p.m. India time. Uh, till then, bye-bye. Thank you, everyone. Thanks, Jagdish. And thank you, Dhiran Bhai. Thank you for being here. Wow. What an insightful discussion with Dhiran. I loved it as much as you would have. Please do subscribe to the Clarity Chat podcast. It's available on all major podcasting platforms. In our next podcast, I will host V. Srinivas Rao, former Chief Digital Officer of Tech Mahindra and the author of Lean Digital Thinking. Watch out for our next Clarity Chat podcast with VSR.